Hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Stephen the Warman Writes Kickfighting Show. I'm your host, Stephen the Warman. You are listening to this podcast in one of two ways. Either you are at my blog, which is lrdgaul.podbean.com, or you can get the show in the most efficient way by entering Warman Kickfighting Show into your iTunes search engine and the show pops right up. Man, man. I am doing this show fresh off of uh, Glory 78. I've got all my emotions in me still because it was such a great show. Uh, I've been out for a little bit because I've been doing video projects and so on for kickboxing. But, man, we have got a lot of kickboxing and Muay Thai to talk about. And uh, first of all, I just want to say I just probably witnessed one of the greatest comebacks I've ever seen ever in my life. Like, ever. And um, uh, the um, uh, Resorsic is absolutely getting destroyed by Badrahari. Badrahari is doing everything right. First of all, he won the Battle of Intimidation. Uh, Rezorzik, from the moment the bell started, he was only confident throwing an inside low kick and keeping his guard up, and Badr just kept eating away, throwing big power shots, looking for the shots to the body after uh, uh, he come around the corner. Um, scored a knockdown with a left hook, puts him down. Uh, then uh, Rezorzik gets himself up. Bartle goes back to work, scores more body work, gets another knockdown, and then a very weird moment where the ref couldn't hear the end of the round bell. Either that or he couldn't hear the 10-second clapper bell, and he thought that the end of the round bell was the 10-second clapper. But the fight went on just a little bit longer, and then they, you know, hit the bell several times, and they ended the round. So round two, Badrahari comes out, back to work with the body shot, lands a bodacious body kick with the left leg, follows it with some pump, some punches. Uh, Resorzik goes down again. As Resorzik is down, he gets up, and he's pointing at his arm. So at this point, I'm like... Did he break his arm and are they going to stop the fight because of the broken arm? That's the first thing that went through my head. I was like, man, something's different here. It's like something different just happened here. Um, but comes out, guard high. Botter is looking for the kill. And Botter drops his hand as he's looking to go to the body. And Resorzik just throws up a snap left uh, lead leg high kick. And it scores clean. Botter Hari has this slow fall as he's knocked out. Tried to get back to his feet, but he clearly didn't know where he was and what was going on. It was it was something. It was one of the craziest things I've ever seen because I cannot stress to you enough, this was so one-sided in, in favor of Badrahar. He was absolutely destroying the Sorsic, but that's what they say. And uh, the kickboxing game and combat sports in general, we have the 1,000-point shot. We have the 500-point goal. We have the one thing that can turn off no matter what's going on. You can get a victory, despite what the scorecards say, if you can stop someone. And that's what we got from Resorzek today. It was just one of the craziest things. I'm sitting here in my memory, and I'm trying to think, when have I ever seen anything like that in kickboxing? Um, not just that there was kickboxing, you know, a fight where a guy came back from being down, but just the the sudden nature of it. And, you know, the only examples that I can think of off the top of my head are, um, one, the uh, uh, David Kiria when he came back, um against uh, uh, Andy Risty, but that was still a round of work. Like he had started to turn around and he scored a knockdown and he, you know, started to like, uh, uh, got his confidence, scored two more knockdowns in the fifth and he gets the stoppage in round five after being dropped in round two and was arguably down for sure the first three or four rounds. Um, that's one example, but that wasn't as sudden as this one. Uh, Badr Hari, um, um, let me think. No, I think... 
Uh, oh, I know another one. Roman Bonjowski was probably very clearly down when he was going against Francois Botha. And then he landed that high kick on this, their second fight. And he landed that high kick and that got him all the scorecards because uh, uh, clearly Botha was in control. He didn't score a knockdown or anything, but clearly he was in control uh, at that moment going, you know, before the head kick scored. So you can make an argument that that was an awesome KO. Still not even close to the level of what Rosarczyk just did right now. Um Oh man, uh, the Tyrone Sprong, I remember him, um, oh gosh, I can't think of his name, the, the Egyptian fighter, uh, but he had lost to a guy from Chikariki Gym twice. The first time was an injury, so this one was kind of a makeup fight, and he was beating the brakes off of this guy, and I cannot think of his name just because I'm old, but like, um, it was a clear, dominant, scored knockdowns, um, uh, it, it was something different, you know what I'm saying? Like, as I, as I go, that, that was the last time that it had this kind of a feel, but I didn't get to watch it live. I got to see it later. So that kind of affected it, you know what I'm saying? Because, I mean, Tyrone Spong is, you know, and I've said it before, you can make the argument that he is the greatest kickboxer of all time are in your top five. So, again, you're talking about him and Badahari, in particular in this fight, are on the same level of, they were that great for that long. So when something like this popped up, you could see how there'd be some uh, uh, um, Zeta. That was his name, Amir Zeta. I would have drove myself crazy if I don't remember that. Amir Zeta uh, was losing and then was stopped and then or like was had been knocked down and then he battled back in the fight. There was a moment where or Tyrone had like taken a break off of like a break, like like a, a break in the action and it was still live. And I remember Zayat hit him and that got him in trouble and he was able to get stoppage in the third round. And it was after like, uh, and I remember a friend of mine from Holland saying, man, that was the first time where I was like, okay, now I truly believe anything can happen in a kickboxing fight because it was so dominant in one way. That was the only other time that I could think of something this, this sudden of a one guy winning the whole way and then the other guy gets knocked out. It's the only time I could think of it. It was definitely crazy. So that really stands out in my mind when I think about this card and I think about, uh, um, you know, how sudden and just looking at the, the Twitter reactions, it, this shocked people. This was something else. And, you know, to, you know, I'm thinking about it, even as I say it, I go, have I ever seen anything like this, even in boxing or in MMA? It's, it's rare, you know, like, uh, uh, it's not just that it was a comeback, you know what I'm saying? It's that sudden and violent nature in which it just ended so quickly. So moving forward, I mean, Botter showed all the skill. You know, SB Gym was really one of the, the stories of the night as uh, there's been some movement and they've emerged as one of the bigger gyms um, thanks to all the, uh, um, you know, fighters moving around. And uh, um, we had, uh, like, I think they had three on this card and just, you know, you saw the work in the video and Botter's body change and it was, you know, they were a big part of this story. I thought he came in strong and clean and, and he walked him down and he, he scored big offense. He's got to be heartbroken in a little while. Like, I, I think that once it settles in, you know, it'll, he's still the guy. You know what I'm saying? I said this on Twitter. I'll say it again. Badahari is the biggest star in the history of kickboxing. No one's been bigger. Like, no one has. I'm not saying he's the best. There are for sure people who have better records than Badahari. Not even close. Like, there are people um, in his era, he's not going to be considered better than Schilt. He's not going to be considered better than Remy. He's not going to be considered better than some of the people like, you know, Art and so on. But as far as star power, as far as being the people's champion, 
No one is a bigger draw. No one has more interest than Badahari. They do a return to Japan tomorrow type event. They announce it. That event sold out with a whole bunch of people who can't wait to see Badahari. He's the biggest star. So clearly, you look at this. It's been a while since he's won. And in the last fight that he did win, I think both him and Hezdi uh, had um, uh, uh, performance-enhancing violations. You know, So you look back on that and I go, man, it is a long, long story of didn't work out for him, you know, as far as recent wins. And this one looked like it was in the bag. Literally, I'm waiting. If the, the ref sees him do the, you know, the uh, resource do the arm thing, if he stops it there, nobody in the room would have been like, okay, they shouldn't have stopped it there. He was that dominant. But head kick killer, that's the game. Craziest, one of the craziest things I've seen in kickboxing. So much so that I was thinking about doing a pre-show for this one because I had done a podcast in a while. The feel that I have after watching this event was like, no, record it right now. Go to your, go press record. So it was definitely awesome to see, and I'm definitely excited to see more kickboxing from these guys moving forward. Um, Zorzik made a good point. He said, and it makes sense, he says when Botter is going for the kill, when he's looking to get guys out of there, he really does um, focus on... Uh, the body so much and he loses sight of his defense and then Rosarza kept saying in, in training I kept snapping that kick and catching guys with it he said I kept catching I'm not saying that he knocked him out but he said they were open and he was able to get that kick up there so he said it was something that they planned but when you watch it you're like okay you're just getting you know killed before it so so who cares if it was planned you know but man that was something to see that was one of the most awesome moments I've ever experienced in kickboxing ever in my life that was something so next we move on to artem Vakadov getting a victory over alex Pereira. uh majority decision um we had 48 46 for Vakadov, 48 46 for Pereira. one had at 47 47 even because we kept getting these nine nines and tented they was weird it's like there was a japanese judge because you know <laughs> that's what it seemed like because japanese judges usually like the 10 tens but there were so many nine nines on this card that i was like it couldn't be a japanese judge and a 10 point must system you usually want to see that 10 um but there were so many times unless there's like some sort of penalty or something but there weren't penalties and we kept seeing the nine nines it's one of the stories of the night that was an odd one but anyways um after that 48 46 and 49 45 for artem vakadov who you know we talked about it before earlier in the year i did think that he won the first fight uh and here you know alex didn't look himself. Uh, some people had wondered if he was disinterested, if he had, you know, one foot out the door thinking about moving on to MMA. And all those things ran through my head too, you know, because he just, the comfort didn't look there. The snap wasn't there all the time. Like, you know, I remember, you know, uh, back when I was um, working uh, for the Glory USA cards and I was matching them, uh, he came to Miami and uh, he was going against uh, uh, Benya. And um, I'm watching him and I remember there were times where it was like, he looks like he's getting a little slow, but he's still throwing with some kill. You know what I'm saying? This time, I didn't think he was throwing with kill. I think maybe there was three or four moments in the whole five rounds where I was like, this guy is absolutely throwing absolute heat. That was it. I didn't feel it after those three or four moments. The rest of it was Artem walking him down, looking for his selective boxing, looking for the low kick. Artem never went combination low kick because uh, early in round one, I think a spinning back fist caught him after he landed a low kick. And I couldn't tell how hurt he was, but he did stop and move backwards and kind of wait it out. But after he gave up round one, 
Round two, he was doing a little bit more. I liked his work in round two, but Alex did have, you know, as I call him, the sexier shots, moments and shots that you remember. But he kept flicking away at the kick and he kept, you know, uh, play, you know playing with different tempos. But I could see Vakadal was figuring it out. Then comes round three. Round three, the boxing was landing. He got a read on where Alex would move his head after defenses. Uh, he was able to get around the guard and the arms that were kind of, uh, Alex was extending to kind of slow Vakadov down. He was good with the low kicks, just the single low kicks. Then he go to his defense. The, the stuff that makes Vakadov great, because Vakadov is great, started to build up in this one. So we started to see him take over and really put on a good performance. Um, there was a controversial call in the second or the fourth. The, the judge had said it several times, and I know people were kind of disregarding it and looking the other way, but several times during that round, the judge was saying, stop holding, stop holding. And I don't think it was so much that someone was reaching and grabbing the head clinch style. I think it was more to find breaks here and there, Alex would fall in and kind of grab the body. Now, again, the thing that sucks is Alex doesn't know a lick of English. So whatever the ref is explaining, he wasn't getting it. I don't think he got it until the fourth when they called him apart and they took the point. So when they took the point, I was like, man, I could see how there would be a lot of upsetness about this. You know, how you'd be really frustrated and, you know, um, uh, it, it just, you didn't want this level of fight to be affected by that. But take that away. I think Vakadov had taken control down that stretch of the fight. He clearly scored more in the round. He's clearly scored more in round five. I just didn't feel like Alex was himself. Uh, go to the scorecards. Artem Vakadov is your winner. He gets his title back. Um, now, I have to say this. May not be the most popular opinion, but it was good for kickboxing that Vakadov won. And I say that because you want the guy who's there to be the champion, you know what I'm saying? You want him to, you know, you know they, they talk about it in uh, uh, um, just kind of a, a saying in professional wrestling, you know, like you have to lose on your way out. And the reason why they say that's for two reasons. Number one, you have to use whatever star power you had to put over the guy who's already there. You know what I'm saying? Like you've got to, um, you're on your way out, you let the new up-and-coming champion or someone who needs your victory to have it, and then that's how you leave. That's a professional wrestling thing. And combat sports it's always better that you beat the champion before that it's not good that someone retires undefeated it sounds like it's good that they retire undefeated but it's not it is way way better for the sport for every combat sport that the person that loses you know or leaves loses to someone who's still going to be in the company that's just how it's always going to be now there are romance stories and team sports you know what i'm saying that happens a lot but we don't want that in kickboxing or in combat sports. You want your champion to lose something. As great as Anderson Silva was, it is important that he lost to Weedman. And then Weedman is, you know, he carries that rub, then Weedman loses, and then it keeps going. It's important that in boxing, you know, as great as Manny Pacquiao was, on his way out, if he loses to someone who's young and up and coming, that's good for the sport because you want to keep it that way. Um it's good for that individual <laughs> that they retire undefeated or whatever. But I really do think that that was, for kickboxing, the best possible resort. Um, now, moving on to uh, what's moving forward. Tavares, who we'll talk about later. He's got the match now with uh, uh, the Tau shot guaranteed thanks to his performance earlier in the night. So that's what we've got moving forward for Vakadov, one of the all-time greats. It'll be a lot of fun to see that. And now, before we move on too much, we want to talk about, and this is extremely, extremely important for me, Alex Pereira moving on to MMA. Now, number one, make your money. That's how I feel. And I, I personally feel that 
a big part of him was probably thinking, man, um, uh, moving on to MMA, maybe that affected his motivation. We talk about that. But uh, when the fight was over with, he was down on himself, whatever, and Glory does the send-off. I didn't know about this. When Glory did the thank you, Alex, send-off, uh, showed some of his KOs, showed him excited. Like it just changed his whole mentality. Like it, it's just he did the big scream on his way out. It was like, man, he realized and appreciated the work that he had did there, and that glory took a moment to do that for him on the way out of something I've never seen them do for anybody. That was special. That was a special all-time kickboxing moment that I will never forget. I didn't think that they would do anything like that ever, and that was awesome. Now let's go ahead and look at his legacy. Um, Two, legit two-division champion was clearly the 1A, you know, the middleweight champion was clearly the 209 light heavyweight champion. Uh, I thought Bakadev won the first one, but he got the decision, legit championship, okay? Uh, legit defended the title several times, um, you know, uh, and then legit, this is very important, went on one of the most violent, you know, kickboxing sprees that I've ever seen. I'm, not, I'm only going to go take you guys back to uh, September of 2017. We're going to start with that, okay? Left hook KO over uh, Macon Silva. Beats uh, Simon Marcus. TKO stoppage over Yushi Belgari. Right hand KO stoppage over Yushi Belgari. Decision over Simon Marcus. Left uh, flying knee, so he landed the uh, switch knee, and then he landed the, uh, excuse me, landed the head kick, and then he landed the switch knee over against uh, Jason Wilness. Left hook KO over Danagi Abenya. Left hook KO over Etrigo uh, Bayrock. And then, of course, the split decision over Artem Vakadov. That series, you know, and again, there's a Bush, um, there's a Yushri Belgari loss in there, and you go before it, and he's got a right hook K over Barim Rama, and he's got the left hook K over Israel Desanye, and then he's got the uh, Artem Tikashenko uh, loss, who the great Artem Kishenko. Then go before that, you've got right hook KO over uh, Junior Alpha. This guy was not just one of the best fighters in, in, in the world. But he had gone on this violent KO streak like we haven't seen. Uh, he's one of the main guys who've made that division because back when I got into kickboxing, guys that were that size, they would have tried to move up, you know. So you saw it eventually with Nathan Carnage Corbett, and you saw it eventually with, you know, Tyron Spock, who's even smaller. But all those guys who were in that weight class, they knew the only money was to get to Japan. So you had to move up in weight. You had to be a heavyweight, or you had to go down in weight and be a 55er. Realistically, those guys weren't going down. So when Glory came and they added the weight classes, and, you know, they, they focused on uh, having more champions and more divisions, it was important that stars emerged. And Vakadov, to me, at middleweight, was by far the biggest star. Uh, or excuse me, um, uh, Alex Pera at middleweight was by far the biggest star. Not that there weren't champions, not that he was the best guy. Uh, you know, it's just uh, he had his losses, like I mentioned before. But the way he carried it and the way people couldn't wait to see and the, 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 the violence in which he fought and how many people got behind him, it was something different. It was a special, special run. So shout out to Alex Pereira. You were an all-time great in kickboxing. You had an all-time great run. You move on to MMA. Uh, you know, wish you all the best. Definitely, you know, make your money in this game because it's combat sport. So it's always dope that you guys are out there making money. But man, what a special, special night uh, uh, for him, even in defeat. So good stuff for Alex. We move on to Antonio Pazabat. I think it's the KO victory over Tariq Kababes. Uh, um, this fight was what everyone thought. It was all action in the pocket, killing each other. Like they were like, uh, you know, of course the um, 
The tank just kept moving and he kept scoring those wide hooks and he kept pushing the pace. Antonio, who had lost round one, I thought was scoring pretty good. He's scoring combinations and low kicks. He was uh, doing what I call going second. If someone gets their offense going, you already plan to get yours right after you're done. So sometimes it's uh, considered a counter. But to me, it's more than a counter if it's your game plan to consistently be. If he goes, I'm going to go with more force afterwards. So it gave up round two to do it. He gave up the first round to do it. But in round two... Played it, ripped the left hook, scored it, but didn't score it as good. Ate some of uh, Tariq's shots on his guard, and then another left hook came around the corner, and that scored it. Landed some big-time power shots, and uh, I really thought that um, as those shots were landing, um, Tariq was doing his best to survive because he's super tough. He wasn't going anywhere. But Plazabot just kept throwing. Scored, gets a knockdown. Tariq gets back up to his feet. There's more offense. And then finally on a switch stance, I believe, switch stance, right hook, uh, left hand, puts him down, and he gets the KO. Antonio Plazabot should be, to me, your number one contender to fight for the title. He's got to be up there. Or maybe you do him in uh, Resorsic. That would be a lot of fun. But, man, that was awesome stuff, awesome game planning. And he talked about it with Mike again. He said, you know, he's at Mike's gym and he said, hey, we had game plan to look for the counters when you're throwing big shots. So much of this game is game plan and preparation. You saw it with Rezorzek, even though he was pretty much getting destroyed before that shot. Uh, but he said he had seen something and he knew that that was an opportunity for him. Same thing here. Antonio, they see they see the power shots. They see the forward pressure. Fought him for, like, you know, like they, they know that guy and they found the moment, got the big KO. Good stuff there. Levy Rickers gets a victory over Thomas Mosny by leg kicks. So here's the story of this fight. No, uh, again, in the broadcast, they talked a lot about the calf kicks and so on. For me, the story of the fight wasn't so much the, the calf kick. It was the fact that the fight opened up less than 45 seconds in the fight with uh, Rickers just staying right in front. I mean, right in front and landing all of these uh, low kicks. So he scored six low kicks before Mosny had thrown one strike. So then Mosny finally threw something, and then he landed a low kick, and then Mosny moved back, and I was like, he's hurt already. It was that fast. It was lightning fast for this guy to go from just chilling, doing nothing, to my leg's in trouble. You know what I'm saying? Like, like it, it happened before the fight even got going. So then he tried to bottle back with combos here and there, but it was just all Ricker. Simple game plan. Jab, low kick. Hook, low kick. Take a uh, combo, return with a low kick. He just ate him up. Uh, I actually thought that he landed to the thigh, and he finished it to the thigh, your normal nerve that's in your leg. He finished it to the thigh uh, more than he did with the calf kicks, but I thought that it was clean work. Round uh, two, to Mosley's credit, he went down four times from low kicks. He got up every single time. He was a tough guy. He was not going to stop until they made him stop. But Rickers looked absolutely fantastic. Any fight's good for him. They want to do him Bosbot, that's fine. They want to do him worse, Rick, that's fine. Um, but really, really good stuff by Levi Rickers. That was a clean, clean performance with very, very good low kicks. Next fight is to, uh, Luis Tavares. He takes on Philip Mosheletti. Uh, uh, this is uh, this is supposed to be uh, Mosulbaev, uh, Sergey Mosulbaev's fight. Uh, injury put him out, and then Michelete came in on short notice. Michelete, they fought before. Philippe uh, got the first one. So I thought this time Tavares was, you know, eager to send the message back, you know, eager to, like, get the fight back and... Um, 
he, he uh, the boxing was the best that I've seen. It's as a kickboxer, it's the best performance that I've seen from a period in all of his glory fights. Like not even close. Man, did he look good. Uh, stayed in the pocket, land clean shots, was able to get through the guard with his boxing. Um, low kick here and there, but mostly that the work that did it was the boxing work. It was really, really special. I really enjoyed that performance, and I really enjoyed the, what I saw from him today. Um, He'll go on against Vakadov, and that's going to be a tough one. Last time they met was on his first run, and Vakadov stopped him. He caught him with a spinning back fist, and then he uh, hit him with a body shot that put him away. I think it's one of Vakadov's only stoppages, you know, one of his two stoppages in glory that I can recall. But, like, Tavares, different fighter. That was a long time ago, and you've seen it. I talked about it with Alex Pereira. Alex Pereira, once upon a time, really, 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 struggled with Jason Wilness once upon a time. And then, like, in the beginning, Wilness had beat him, stopped him several times, and then he just got better over time. They kept meeting, and the next thing you know, he's the one getting the stoppages. That's how this kickboxing game works. So here, Tavares has got to earn himself. He's earned himself at another title shot. I am excited to see what happens in that one. That one should really be a good one. That's That should be kickboxing at its best. Nardine Mahadine gets a victory overall. Excuse me, Cadenas, the Romanian fighter, tough throughout, pushed the pace, uh, you know, put the head in the chest and just started ripping his big hooks. He just doesn't have the overall kickboxing skill of Nordine. Nordine cut his right shin really bad. And I thought they were going to stop the fight. The reason why I thought they were going to stop the fight is because that's what they did in Japan. So there's times where I think, you know, uh, Peter Arts loses, uh, you know, to a cut. And um, uh, like every, anytime I can recall a shin injury, like like a cut on a shin, they don't let you wrap it up. They usually just say, hey, you've got to go. So they didn't really wrap his up that much. They just kind of cleaned it off and sent him back out there. And because... Uh, uh, he stopped kicking with the leg, and because we didn't get a lot of return fire from, uh, you know, as far as with the low kicks anyways, um, from Raw Cadenas, he just switched stance and went combination low kick with his left leg to the rear leg, and he just ate it up. Just clean kickboxing, clean box. I mean, they were smiling at each other from some of the exchanges. It was fighting at its best. Like, like it was kickboxing, heavyweight kickboxing, uh, uh, with a talent that you've never, that we haven't seen so consistently. So I've talked about how Rigo Verhoeven, and this is very important, um, he is in a long line of guys who are the champion of their division. And because of them being the champion, they change how the division looks. So I'll give you an example. In boxing, when Mayweather came around, everybody started doing Philly Show. You know what I'm saying? They started trying to play with it. Whether they were good at it or not, they started to do it. And the reason why they did it is because the guy who was the best was doing it. So you take on that. So when I was a kid, Michael Jordan was the best basketball player. So how many people did fadeaway jump shots? You just did it. You know, like it's just didn't matter if you're good at it or not. It was like you've seen him do it and you're mirroring your stars. So he would have those fadeaway moments and we would try the fade. The person that was at the top of the division dictated what the division looked like. So here we are, kickboxing, heavyweight. And this era of kickboxing, who's at the top of the division? Why it is Rico Verhoeven. And what is he? A super strong, super muscular, super big, technical heavyweight kickboxer who's got skills that would make it in any era of kickboxing ever. So what are the heavyweights that are coming up doing? They're coming up and they're looking technical. They're clean with their combos. They're big, strong, huge guys who have the ability to let their hands go, but they play a clean kickboxing game. This is what's happening to the sport. Nordin uh, Mah Mahadine is in that line. He's a clean 
kickboxer with very, very good skill, and he'll put on a great fight with anybody. So shout out to him for being on here. I'm really excited. Next one, Mohamed Hamitia Mazari, as we call him Hamitia simply, gets a victory over Zadat Hodak, who was the guy who, one of the few guys that beat him in his career. I think Morocco's the other one. I look at this fight, and I look at this moment, I look at that action, and I go, man, that must have been super early in his career because no part of Hamitia didn't think that he was going to win by KO. He goes right after Zadat. Zadat was, had quick hands, and he had this like really fast left hook. Um, but the mentality and the, um, uh, the physical imprint that Hamitia put on the fight was amazing because he had his mind made up that you've got to go. Like, that's what it looked like beforehand. And then there is a 30-second exchange where both guys are punching at each other, and he has, Hamitia had no fear whatsoever that he could get clipped with something. He just kept landing shots, and they just kept throwing at each other. Then after that exchange, he threw some shots. One of the shots hurt him. And as the uh, retreating, um, well, just not super retreating, but Hodek was backing up, a left hook goes to the body, and it puts him down, and it puts him out. So once again, first round KO for Hamicha. They are going to go ahead and they've already announced pretty much that he's going to be fighting for the title next. Uh, this again, um, this is short notice. So hopefully we'll get to see, you know, and he, and he was entertaining. Hodak, hopefully we'll get to see him again. This is short notice. Uh, he was the uh, replacement for the Russian fighter. But um, it's just Hamicha is probably one of the most violent guys moving up the ranks as he goes for the title. Him and Dumbe are going to be awesome. So hopefully they do that. Either they do on a 23rd card, which I don't see happening. That's really quick. I think more realistically, the December card that they put together, uh, if they do one, that will be the one that gets the victory. So excited to see that. That should be a lot of fun. So we move on the card. Donovan Vise uh, gets a victory over UC Belgari uh, by TKO in the second round to win the middleweight title. They had fought before. Donovan is one of the cleanest kickboxers when he's on form in the world. I go ahead and slide him into that very elite category of if you watch this guy, you're seeing what the best of kickboxing is. And that's what I feel. When you watch this guy, you're seeing what the best of kickboxing is. So... He is clean, combination low kicks. He came out with a cross-hook low kick, hook low kick, single low kick game. And not only was he firing the low kicks, but Belgari was firing his own low kicks and Vise was checking them. Vise was checking them all. And I was like, bro, you know this dude, dude is legit if not only is he bringing his own offense, he's got the check leg up to stop his opponent. It was awesome. It was one of the coolest things that I've ever seen as far as speed and technique good defense and then after a little bit we started to get some you know uh uh, offense from the former champion. Rishi Balgari closed the distance. He landed a sneaky knee that seemed to have uh, affected Vise. It was good stuff. Still gave Vise round one, but it was very, very good. Round two, uh, a lot more aggression, a lot more offense early on, you know, uh, holding his ground, especially because he ate so many low kicks. A lot more stuff came from, you know, the uh, former champion. But at one point, Rishi backs up. Vise's backing him up and he threw some offense and then Rishi started to rock. And as he's rocking left and right, Vise gets a read on it, and then he fires the knee. And then the knee scores, busted, breaks his, uh, uh, you know, I think he broke his nose, um, split him open, and then some offense afterwards scores a knockdown, and that is it. The champion gets on top, or the uh, uh, ex-champion goes down. They stop it when they look at the, the cut in the corner, but he was in bad shape before that. You know, I think it was clearly in the favor of the champion, like for me, it was clear, uh, in the favor of the new champion, uh, Don, Donovan Vise. 
I'm curious to see what they do. Definitely, uh, he's fought and beaten most of the contenders in the division as he's moved up the ranks. But there's always going to be another guy because that's how combat sports work. Great stuff. Really good offense. Um, Donovan Vize is your new middleweight champion. Tijani Bistati gets a victory over Elvis Gashi becomes the new lightweight champion. Uh, of course, the... Uh, uh, Maraka Gorin leaving left the title open and um, Gashi came out and uh, gets a 10-8 round in the first round and again I have said it on this show a million times I'll say on the show a million more the most controversial knockdown in all of combat sports is a one-leg knockdown in kickboxing when a guy is throwing some sort of strike and he gets hit and he falls on his butt uh, he's not necessarily hurt but there's just years and years of sometimes they call it sometimes they don't here, the uh, judge decided to call it, and I remember Bastadi was really upset. He had, like, the smile. But my favorite thing, like, he's like, like, what? What's going on? But my, you know, like, was confused, was upset. But my favorite thing about it was he really composed himself and went right back to work right afterward. I mean, he went right back to work. And the reason why I think that that's important is, um, let's look at Gokan Saki and Rico Verheerven. Gokan, so I'm there. It's in Chicago. And, uh... Gokan was very upset after the knockdown call. And he's right. Like, like it was not a good call. But it affected him the whole way. And so much so that after the fight, I remember them in the back. And he says, Rico, that wasn't a knockout. Uh, he meant knockdown, knockdown. But he goes, Rico, that wasn't a knockout in the first round. So when um, that happened, that moment happened, um, it had really affected him for the whole fight. Flash forward to Bastadi in the exact same situation. The fight literally was taken over by him after that moment. It's almost like he was upset and, and angered by it. And he's like, you know what? Now I got to get you. He was clean with his kick, his boxing throughout. Uh, he was landing good shots. He got a read on Elvis going backwards. Uh, Gashi, who's normally a come forward, bite down in the mouthpiece, land some power shots guy. He struggled a little bit to find the power shots. And the length, of course, always gives people trouble because Gashi's short. It's 5'9". He's, he's, you know, which is okay size for 154. But, like, they're so much taller. You know, like, the guys are still 5'11", 6 feet. Then you get, you know... Bastadi, who's 6'3", he had six inches on him. That's tough to get your read on for your power shots. He started to play with the power body kick early. He just couldn't get anything going consistently. The boxing was just too much from Bastadi. Uh, Bastadi had a couple moments where he landed the, the big knee. Gachi had gotten in trouble, but he did a good job of weathering the storm. Other than that, I thought it was all Bastadi. He gets the victory. Uh, Gashi's still a good fighter. You know, they'll, you know, find something for him, of course. But, you know, he had no losses, and now he's lost a couple in a row. Bastadi did a good job of being as active as he could. And, uh, you know, with COVID and shows going away, um, it's a little bit harder, you know. But uh, he was happy to have the title. This should be good. I'm excited to see what's next for him. I got to imagine it's Chauncey. Um, but, yeah, it was a great fight. Good stuff. Really entertaining. Itager Sean and Garrick Belay fight to a draw. Um... You know, both 29-28 uh, twice for both guys and then a 29-29. It was so weird because they kept doing, you know, I want to say, if I remember this correctly, um, there was a warning call in this fight and they moved over to the, the scorecard and she says, hey, warning, you know, we talked about this before. Actually, no, that wasn't that fight. I'm thinking of a different fight. Um, I'm thinking of... Um, earlier on the card, it was, um, man, I'm having a mental loss. Was it Felipe Michelin? No, it wasn't that fight. Um, I think it was Bulgari and Vise. 
don't know, I'm trying to remember. But anyways, there was a moment where they had stopped the action and then there was a shot thrown afterwards and there was a hard warning in the corner. And then she says, official warning, official warning. And then they went to the scorecards and there were a bunch of 9-9 scorecards. And then everybody was like, wait a minute. She didn't say take a point. She said official warning. It, there's going to have to be some communication there. Now, they don't get to work as many kickboxing shows. So sure, that's had a lot to do with why they weren't as informed as they normally are. But man, like that was a... Uh, Rough one to watch, <laughs> like like a rough one to watch. So in this fight, um, Gershon, uh, you know, landed some good offense. Uh, I would say Belay won round one and Gershon won round two. And I actually like Belay's work in round, th- I mean, round three. I really thought that he did enough to get the win. But when they went to the scorecards, it was a split draw and there was a 29-29 on the card. So entertaining fight. Uh, it was, um, you know... I- I did prefer, like I said, I preferred Belay's work, but I could see it being a draw. I could see it going either way. The card opened up with Mohamed Hendouf as he gets a victory over Manuel Robeson. Uh, Hendouf, what was it, went down. I think Manuel got a knockdown in round one, and then Hendouf got that knockdown back in round two, and then all of a sudden Robeson had lost all of his you know, energy and like just wasn't able to fight back and battle back as much in the uh, second part of the fight or the third round and a body shot put him away. A lot of body shot stoppages here. So that ended the night for him and that was the first fight on the card. So good job for Hendoof who took a fight short notice in his first one. So he gets a full camp and he does pretty good in this one. So um, on reflection, it was a great card. It was great to see kickboxing back like that. It was great to see people tweeting about it, talk about it on Twitter. It's great to see them advertising and selling the next card. So, you know, it's good to see kickboxing back, and, and uh, it was a lot of fun, and I'm excited to see what the future holds for the kickboxing game. going to go ahead and move over to line fight. Uh, there's a couple line fight cards. I'll go ahead and talk about the most recent one. Stephen Walker gets a victory over Warren Thompson. Uh, head kick. Um... Walker's getting better as a fighter. Before, I just thought that he was a good fighter, but he was more athlete than fighter. Now, Walker is honing his game. He's getting some good KO stoppage victories over some really talented people. So he's working. He's working hard, and he's getting better. And uh, he is... um, Getting the stoppage to prove it. This is a good year for him. You know, he's got, you know, a couple glory guys on his resume now. He is doing well. So, good congratulations to him. Uh, Brandon Rafferty gets a victory over Michael Trina uh, by split decision. That was for the North American Super Featherweight title. Um, we had uh, uh, Julian Nguyen gets a victory over Dwayne Holman by uh, TKO retirement after round two. Just the better fighter throughout. Um, Holman, you know, we'll see more of him down the road. And then the other fights also were stoppages. Jose Montel, uh, Montelongo over Sean Schubert. Uh, that was a cut stoppage. Jorge Vega gets a victory over Josh Thompson. That was TKO. And Jose Rivera uh, gets a TKO punches over uh, Brian Bogue uh, by, um, in round three of their battle. So uh, the other card they want to talk about was actually a couple weeks ago. It's a little bit of controversy here. It's another line fight card. This one took place in the in Europe and uh, in the UK. Amy Perney gets a controversial decision over Laura Fernandez. This one's tough because Perney was able to land the Muay Thai t- techniques. You know, what I mean by that is she had some sneaky sweeps. She had some knees in certain spots. She had the, sl- the snap head kick here and there. Like she played the game like... Uh, um, you know, Muay Thai dump, like perfectly timed offense at the right time, whereas Lauren Fernandez was clearly landing more significant offense. Now, if I'm picking a winner, I'm almost always going to go with who's landing the consistent, effective offense. Like that's almost always going to be how I score things. But 
Laura Fernandez in this particular battle was a uh, clearly walking Perny down, clearly landing better boxing. The body kicks affected Perny so much. It was clearly the hardest fight Perny's ever been in. But I can see, even though, you know, whatever you fall on the decision, I can see an argument for Perny winning this fight because, man, does she have those dumps. Man, does she have those sweeps. Man, does she have the right shot at the right time. Um, I could see Fernandez also being upset because she worked really hard, you know, and she was scoring good offense. So I could see how she probably thought she did enough. Nevertheless, victory for Amy Perny. Jake Peacock, shout out to Jake Peacock, still doing good work. Uh, of course, he is popular because he is the one-armed fighter, uh, but he's got his game figured out. He stops people. He's very good. He gets a TKO injury stoppage here. Um, clearly, he probably didn't want to win the fight that way, but, you know, he's landing clean offense against everybody that he goes against. Jake, good. Jake is good. I was glad he got this opportunity. So uh, he uh, wins the European Super Weight title for line fight. The return of Urena Bears as she gets a victory over Claire Clements. Um, this was for the women's world title. So Urena gets her title back after a break. You know, everybody goes to different fight companies and have different fight experiences. So when she got signed to one championship, man, was she excited. She was super excited. But she had the one fight. It was a controversial decision that she lost. And then they didn't use her for the whole two, three years that they had her on contract. So she only had the one fight. And maybe they struggled to find an opponent or whatever the case was. But she did not fight. So when she re-signed re with Lion Fight, I'm sure it made her day. Clearly, if there was like a glory that had her weight class, I'm sure she would have be, she'd be excited to do that. But Lion Fight consistently in her career probably gave her the most fights at a promotion like like ever like that the most so like um she was able to uh get some good work in and uh you know really scored now she was upset before the fight because claire missed weight by a lot by like eight pounds or something like that but she got in went you know head down went to work uh scored clean offense clements is tough because Urena was hitting her with everything low kicks were scoring head kicks were scoring boxing was scoring clements did a good job of staying strong and, uh, you know, despite the missing the weight and all that, she really came in. She brought a lot of uh, effort against a way better, way more experienced, way more talented Jarena Baez. Mo uh, Abdurrahman, uh, excuse me, Abdurrahman gets a victory over Craig Coakley by split decision. Mo's all accent. One of the most, in, like, most entertaining guys in full rules Muay Thai. You know, he's got the KOs, he's got the, the spin techniques, the jumping knees, the elbows, the awesome action with his boxing. Moe's always fun to watch. Him getting a victory here in a very close fight uh, is really good because he's he's got a little bit of a name. Fought in glory. Uh, he's got a good long run. He's got a following. It was cool to see him get the victory here and continue to move forward. Alex McGregor, uh, McGregor, yep, McGregor gets a victory over um, Arthur Soledek. Uh, and that was by unanimous decision. And Charlie McGee gets a victory over U uh, Lewis Childs by TKO elbows in round two. So that should have it done for the Lion fight. I'm going to go ahead and move on to one championship now. The there was an MMA. It was an all-women's card. And there was some kickboxing and Muay Thai mixed in with the MMA. So we go ahead, I'm going to go ahead and just start on the kickboxing and this is Mexican gets a victory over Christina Morales by TKO, head kicking and then some punches. Mexican 
has been in one championship for two years. <laughs> and this is her first fight. And she was on form. You know, they finally got... Now, again, one of the things that they one championship probably struggles with is a lot of people say no. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's... it's uh, Everybody wants to put out their best effort and put out their best athletes. And, and um, they want to showcase them. But, you know, for men, you'll always find a guy to say yes to Sanchai. You'll always find a guy to say yes to Yosin Klai. You'll always find a guy to say yes to Maraca Gorian. The women's game, it's they're a little bit more selective sometimes. And sometimes they're like, man, I don't know. I don't like your chances there. Let's fight someone else or let's say no to that until we're ready. And ready may never come. So it's happened before. So you've talked about it. You've, you've heard it before with Lucia Riker. You've heard it before with, um, uh, uh, I guess uh, we can go, uh, Jermaine Durandami. When a woman gets really, really dominant, a lot of coaches say no to that fight. And I understand, you know, it's the game, but it happens a lot. So for Anissa got signed, I'm she was frustrated. She's like, hey, well, let me fight this girl. You know what I'm saying? Let me fight your main girl. And they got champions to build, so they can't do that, you know. But it took them a while to find a yes. So they got Christina Morales, you know, um, she's got the history, uh, good Spanish fighter. She was good, good, good fighter. But she was no match for Anissa Mexen, who was way better than her. Better in every facet, scoring offense throughout, scores the head kick. Puts the power boxing afterwards. Ref did a good job of giving her time because he didn't stop it until the the, the punch put her down and it put her down. Morales, that left hook put her you know out out and uh, that was it. Maxon, of course, happy to get the win. Happy to fight. It's been a long time since she's fought. So good victory there, uh, and she'll be a player in the division for quite some time. Living in Thailand's helped a lot because I'd worried about her like weight-wise, you know, because she kept asking to fight Janet Todd, but Janet Todd was a 105-er, you know, who's moved up to fighting around, you know, 113, 114, you know, for one championship, but she's a smaller person. So when she got this uh, um, victory, I saw her frame and go, hey, maybe she's closer to 115 than I thought, so good for her. Jackie Bunton gets uh, her third victory uh, in glory or in uh, one championship against Daniela Lopez. Um, the skill level in this was so. This is the Jackie's least talented person that she's fought. Like of the people that she's fought since she's been out there, uh, and that doesn't mean that this girl isn't talented. It, just means that the disparity in skill was very obvious. Uh, they looked like two different weight classes. Like, Bunton looked like she was in a bigger weight class. Lopez didn't have anything for her. Uh, she did a good job of surviving, though, getting to the decision. But Jackie, just more skilled throughout. Low kicks were there. Boxing was there. Angle changes were there. Just two different animals. One person was better. Uh, shout out to Jackie Bunton. 3-0 and this year. And moving on and continuing to fight high-level talent and really, really making a good run with this. Last fight I'm going to talk about is Sidichai getting a victory over Tawanchai. Uh, uh, edged it very close, very technical. Uh, you can make an argument either way, but Sidichai continues his winning ways, and it moves him and keeps him positioned well for the big tournament that they announced, which is, to me, the more significant news. I'm going to go ahead and pop into it. So one championship just announced at the featherweight tournament field. So that is lightweight or max weight to the rest of the world. Um, they have... Georgia Petrosian versus Superbon. They've got Maraca Gorin versus Andy Sauer. That's the only fight where you're like, okay. <laughs> uh, they got Sidichai versus Tefun Oskin. They've got Sami Sana versus Chingiz Alzov. And they've got Enrique Kill versus David Kiria. Um, that is as dope as it gets. Now, let's go ahead. I think the last eight guys, Mar uh, Gregorian, Sauer, Sidichai, Oskin, Sana, Alzov, Kiel, Kiria. That's your tournament field. The... Featherweight Championship with Petrosian and Superbond at the top. 
that's going to be something special. That should be it. That is two guys who have the fight acumen and the skill and the ability to put on the type of fight. Also, Rotten going against Daniel Puertas because we need somebody to get killed. Um, and, you know, we need to see Rotten do the Rotten. But super, super awesome card. Super, super awesome card. They got to sell it like such. This is the best card probably since the 2006 K1 Max World Grand Prix. It is got full of talent, full of really good good fighters, um, tournament winners, world champions. It's just, you know, got the K K1 rub because they had Eddie Sauer. <laughs> uh, I don't know. He's going to have a tough time with Murat Gorian. But they got to start selling this like crazy. They uh, So here in America, um, one championship had a TV deal where they are on TNT and they're like, six or five shows uh, a week for like five weeks if this card is you know um you know locked in they really should consider coming back to that tv deal for this card because this is awesome this is the the best kickboxing tournament i've seen in years they got to build on it so everything's there all the pieces are there they just got to build on it man so Anyways, thanks everybody for watching and listening to the podcast show. Uh, I'm going to try to be consistent again. I made a really cool series of kickboxing highlights. Maybe I'll do it going into uh, the October month. Just show kind of the best of the best in kickboxing throughout the years. Um, I think you guys will really enjoy those videos. And for the older people who were part of that, you know, really, really cool time in kickboxing and Muay Thai for me that happened in 2000, you know, from 2000 to 2007 or, or eight, that era of forums, because forums aren't famous anymore. But like, that was really special for me. So I hope that the people who get to watch these highlights go, thank you, Stephen, that took me back to this place. I hope for the people who are hardcore Muay Thai heads, when I show them my Muay Thai highlight, they go, okay, Stephen, that, this one qualifies. Because throughout the years, Muay Thai guys always get upset about the kickboxing world and people calling Muay Thai kickboxing. I think I got them. I think I got something for everybody. Smiles for everybody in these this highlights. I've been working real hard on them, and I think you guys will enjoy them. So God bless. Thank you for your time. Thank you for listening to my podcast, and I will try to get back regular again. We just didn't have as much kickboxing over the summer, and I kept working on my video project. So I'll go ahead and get back into kickboxing full. I know you guys love it, and I love doing the show. So thank you. God bless, and have a good one. Peace.